0: The night before Christmas, when all through the house, <coughs> Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. Beautiful. And now at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. In hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there.
1: Jamie do it there we, I, I was waiting for it <laughs> yeah do it I
2: feel like, yeah I, feel like I gotta <laughs> surprise them, you know
1: <laughs> we decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover patreon subscribers also get an on-air shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which so many episodes. holy crap 11 got, coming up on 12 yeah, months we got a
2: year's worth now holy I mean,
1: crap man well I mean I, I guess almost. we started them around February March yeah yeah but still true. You guys have uh, a lot of episodes back there waiting for you. A solid like 40 to 46 movies talked about probably on the patron episodes alone. So if you haven't made the jump to to Patreon yet, there's tons of content uh, waiting for you back there. Uh, And speaking of which, we do have a few uh, new patrons this week. Actually, quite a few. So I'm going to rip through you guys if you guys don't mind this week. We have uh, Ava Bujaka. Bujaka? Ava, thanks so much for joining us this week. Let me know how to actually pronounce that. If your name ever comes up in the future in the comments, I would like to know. Uh, We have Kyle Lewis. No relation, as far as I know. Kyle, let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, Jack Feeney. I feel like I recognize Jack Feeney. He might be a longtime follower. Uh, And Caroline Crawford who we just had Stephanie Crawford on the show, so I don't know if she has any relation to Stephanie, but maybe maybe we'll find out there. Either way, thanks to all four of you guys for becoming patrons and getting all that bonus content. We appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Um, As always, the, the, the last plug is iTunes... SoundCloud, just where wherever you're listening to us. Anywhere. I think possibly we might be on Spotify. It took oh, a while, really? it took a while to get approved, but I did get oh, an email exciting. saying we've been approved, but I checked Spotify and I can't, I can't like actually <laughs> can't search can't and find, find us still. in there yet. <laughs> so <laughs> so, it could so could be <laughs> by the time this episode airs, if you guys, uh, prefer Spotify, maybe just go to your Spotify Give and go take a search and see if we're in there. If yeah. not, I like I, to know, I so apologize. Know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you're listening to us on whatever podcast of, uh, uh, listener of choice you happen to be listening to us on if you could give us a good old rating and review over there helps us find new listeners and uh, get the word out. So thanks so much. We said we appreciate that as well. Oh, yeah. Now that's it for the plugs. Welcome to a very special episode of Slezoids. This is the holiday special. Merry Christmas. Uh, We've I got murder for you. Yeah, I believe Christmas <laughs> will be two or three days away for uh, yeah, we, you guys, when you are eventually listening it. to this episode, so hope you all have uh, a happy holiday. Yes, uh, this will be uh, the last free episode of 2018. It's one, been a ride, one year of podcasting for Jamie and I. So cool, very it's, cool. It's been weird. It's been cool. Yeah. We had a good time.
2: It's been it's been an adventure. I mean, hell, we've talked to. Um, Barbara, Barbara like, Crampton yeah, like had Joe Dante tweet out our, our, our show. Show. Uh, I mean, that was, show. It was
1: pretty cool. It's been a cool year. Yeah. It's been really awesome. Uh, and I think by the end of the year we'll have hit 40, 48 episodes or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. We're, we're approaching the big 50. And uh, we, we aren't stopping anytime soon. Oh. We're having fun. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. So uh, thanks so much for spending your holiday time a little bit with us. We, I hope that, I assume some of you are doing your holiday commute. You're doing your drive. Yeah. So this this is for your listening ears for then. And this week we do have a very special Christmas episode. But before we get into that, we will go through uh, the usual bookkeeping. Two weeks ago oh, yeah. would have been the last time everyone would have heard from us, I believe. Uh, and we would have had uh Stephanie Crawford on. Oh yeah, we had some, some damn good films on yeah, last we, week. Yeah, we were talking two weeks ago. uh Crimes of Passion, Ken Russell, the second Ken Russell film that we've watched this. What year. What a crazy madman. What an absolutely <laughs> insane man. Full we of, love him of for sweaty it. Catholic guilt yeah, and, yeah. and and pure sexual violence and just yeah, I
2: definitely would like to read his autobiography. I got to know where this guy came
1: from. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what he's like at parties. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, so we talked Crimes of Passion with uh, Anthony Perkins and, and Kathleen Turner in that, which was a pretty awesome movie. And we mm. also talked uh, Olivia, 1983. So two 80s uh, prostitute, vaguely slasherous, slasher yeah. slash uh, sexual fantasy oriented slasher films. Mm. Uh, very cool, very interesting. Uh, Olivia in particular is probably one of the more low budget films we've talked about on the show, actually. Definitely. Uh, and, uh, one I hadn't heard of and very cool, especially the bit with the, uh, the the london bridge and how it kind of gets into a bit of a hitchcock riff yeah it's eventually. got a great
2: score too mm-hmm. like it's not talked about that's that's one of my favorite things watching these underrated things to realize some of these scores are just unbelievable and no one's heard them yeah. <laughs> it's a damn shame
1: <laughs> yeah i think that was the movie we looked up where only like a hundred people had logged yeah, like, it or something
2: some guy <laughs> made this amazing score for a hundred of you <laughs>
1: Oh man. Uh but one week ago would have been the last time patrons would have heard from us. You guys had an exclusive episode for your ears only, where we went for the first time into the realm of fantasy. Yeah. And we talked Ridley Scott's I legend, was fun. I believe nineteen eighty five, uh, starring a very creepy young Tom Cruise as a <laughs> yeah. little tiny Uh, like child lots of legs and (laughs) teeth in that movie yeah he's got very very uh uh, shaved thighs (laughs) (laughs) he shows them off he real smooth he 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 has a really very creepy smile that highlights how his teeth are kind of just off to one side a little bit i don't know if you've noticed that (laughs) yeah uh while he's talking about unicorns and like holding foxes and like frolicking in the meadow Meanwhile, I think Tim- we
2: saw the first Tom Cruise on screen run, which oh, was yeah. just
1: uh, glorious,
2: just monumental. So, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have pegged that guy
1: as a uh, action a, hero. A caliber, <laughs> a movie star. Yeah, not from that film. after watching that performance. But it was still a really fun time because Ridley Scott directed that film he and directed the shit out of it. Yeah, it is completely gorgeously designed and filmed. Yeah. Uh, And Tim Curry's makeup and prosthetics as uh, the prince of Lord of Darkness or whatever he is, the guy who looks like Satan. Uh, And
2: his performance is fun, too. Like, he's very convincing. He almost makes you like him more than anybody else. He is
1: genuinely under like 500 pounds of makeup, more emotionally expressive than Tom Cruise. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Can't disagree with you there. Uh, And all he wants is a goth girlfriend. So. Yeah you know, as as far as villain uh motivations go I understood Yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I so I was on board with so the So that devil. was a really fun movie and we
1: also <laughs> talked about the low budget 1981 animated film Heavy Metal yeah. which had was an anthology film of all kinds of uh uh, sort of uh,
2: it's like juvenile, juvenile, comic
1: book teen, work. wet fantasy comic book yeah. uh, craziness that had a little bit of noir in it, had a little bit of sci-fi fantasy in it. Yeah. Went, went, it was like went everything all a place. teenage
2: boy would be interested in, slapped into one comic book
1: looking movie. Absolutely, it had <laughs> some had it had some some solid jokes in there though, and it was a yeah. fun watch. So if you haven't heard that episode, that's uh, for uh, patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/sleesoids podcast. But this week because it's the Christmas special, because it's the last free episode, we decided we kind of wanted to go out with a little bit of a bang. Yeah, We're going to talk Christmas horror, Christmas exploitation. One of my personal favorite uh, genres of film that's existed. Um, also because I have a broadly, um, I have a broad definition of what constitutes as horror, obviously as, or as genre as defined okay. by this show, because for us, We've talked a lot of, about some things that are some of the purest genre movies there are, and yeah. some things that maybe you know they could be argued, maybe not necessarily. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like like Vertigo, right? Kind of a drama, kind of a bit of s- thematically sleazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it has we we if there's sprinkles
2: of it, we kind of just grab it anyway. Sometimes exactly. You know, we just, so we so, got to talk. So about when it. I
1: talk about Christmas genre movies, I don't just include, you know horror Christmas movies. I also include movies like Batman Returns, oh, okay, which is a right, super right. Got, like, gothic expressionist comic book movie that to me is a genre movie. I also include something like Eyes Wide Shut, which isn't distinctly horror. I completely
2: forgot that that was based uh, in the time of Christmas when I
1: watched it. too. Yes. Well, so we're, never... we're going to have to get it. We're going to talk about it a lot when we get into Black Christmas because I actually think Kubrick lifted a little from Black Christmas for oh, that cool. movie. And we'll talk about specifically why. But anyway, spoiler alert, Black Christmas is the first film. <laughs> yeah. 1974 for bob clark uh, we have to talk he also about it did
2: a christmas story and baby geniuses king so king. like what a what a career <laughs> what a career
1: yeah, i love I, a christmas story though. i also watched his other love movie it. that he did death dream something like that we'll okay. probably get into that a little bit too because i watched cool that I, this
2: guy for me he's done my now my favorite uh christmas comedy and now he's now done my favorite christmas horror movie so yeah. it's it's this guy's king of christmas for me <laughs>
1: oh yeah So 1974, Black Christmas. We have to do it because one, we're Canadians. Yes. And this is uh, one of the biggest Toronto based cult films. Oh, I didn't know it was
2: based in Toronto. It was
1: all shot in Toronto, Canadian made, and also the writer of the film, uh, London based. Really? Yep. Yeah, and Jay, uh, some of you might that's not really know, worse. but Jamie and I both live in London, Ontario, yeah. which is just about two hours away from Toronto. So this is a collaboration between a Londoner and a Toronto.
2: That's that's so sad. Not that
1: Bob Clark is from Toronto. Bob Clark, Bob Clark I believe, is American, but he moved yeah. to Canada, I believe. Okay. And this was a Canadian production. So we're going to be talking about Black Christmas, and then we're also going to be talking about uh, 1984, so exactly 10 years later, Silent Night, Deadly Night which got a lot of notoriety and a lot of controversy for uh I- its images of Santa as a mass murderer. <laughs>
2: yeah. Some people I was even seeing like when I was reading some reviews on Letterboxd, they were they thought it was almost too mean-spirited at mm-hmm. times, which I I mean that's kind of why I liked it to be honest, but uh, <laughs> uh I I found that interesting that people almost didn't want it to see Santa do all this murdering yeah. and i was like this is interesting to me i don't know maybe i'm just sick oh uh, we'll definitely
1: get into it because I, I i saw a lot of not great reactions to the film and yeah. i was kind of went into the movie kind of prepared to feel something similar i
2: was thinking it was going to be more like an ironic enjoyment
1: yeah and i enjoyed it thoroughly yeah, so no, i ended up really liking it too it'll be yeah. a neat discussion so we'll get into it anyway those are going to be the two movies for today so i guess we'll just get right into it black christmas black christmas All right, we are back and we are talking Black Christmas, the 1974 Canadian psychological slasher film produced and directed by Bob Clark and written by uh, one uh, Roy Moore. Did he do any other uh, writings? Like, the, uh, it doesn't really seem like it, honestly. Oh, really? It seemed like he kind of had one story, like the in one a, hit, one apparently based on some sort of Montreal massacre that he oh, heard about. Wow, uh, of, of some kind that took place during the holidays. Okay. Um, and it stars Olivia Hussey. Kier Duella and Margot Kidder, who I think is probably one of the funniest performances in this movie. That's sort of like the the vaguely... She's supposed to be kind of the, the more of like the floozy type oh, okay, of the right. of the sorority. yeah. But there's kind of like She's a weird... She's the one that
2: makes the fellatio joke to the comic. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: But there's actually kind of like a weird kind of like sadness that's kind of like Absolutely. just beneath that. And yeah. I think that that's her performance is actually a huge... Like it sort of encapsulates kind of what I feel about this film, which is that it's trying to get into a kind of weird, lonely sadness, almost sickness that hides underneath the holidays. Yeah. Which is... Um, it, it wasn't the very first time that this was done. I believe that there were other stories that kind of had Christmas in uh, involved in a kind of sadder way. Yeah. But this was the first time it was ever done in what appears to be more of like a straight genre film. And it's interesting because... Where he
2: literally <laughs> me- used the metaphor as a killer, like an actual... Well,
1: and what's kind of fascinating...
2: Who has clear family issues. Oh, yes. The way that he talks and like you don't ever really understand what he's saying, but... It's clear that there are some deep-rooted family issues going on related to the holidays. So
1: yeah, and you feel like it has something possibly to do with an abusive mother or something yeah. like that. But you never really find out. And that's, it's just I think that's part of
2: the beauty of this film. It's almost like it adds to the psychological uh, torment of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the
1: fact that you never really get any answers it's just that one guy is really really lonely during the holidays and he proceeds to make everybody else feel the same way yeah exactly (laughs) it's uh is is kind of what happens but what's really cool about this movie is that it is actually considered uh alongside a bay of blood which we already talked about the show a few probably a few months ago now it's hard to tell time goes by really fast well, on mean, the they, show for they have me.
2: that um, like a few of them those amazing pov shots mm-hmm. and things like that that i mean i i think this had to have uh just like uh, um a bay for a bay of blood some uh, of the first Halloween quite it, it heavily, did, right? Like, I mean, especially this one, like with the, he's, you know, looking at the house, he's, he hasn't quite gotten there yet. It's kind of, it's, it's
1: kind of got like that wide angle kind of look to yeah, it. And I even
2: think you hear breathing and things like that. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, I yeah. was amazed and I from thought, what I
1: understand the cinematographer, like kind of like mounted the camera to his own, like backslash sh- shoulders. So okay. he could actually kind of like walk around with it. Yeah, so it, you, you, there you, is a
2: sway you, to it and everything. you get too. that,
1: f- Feeling that the camera is making human movements. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Um, which is like very distinctly different than. You know, just a, a camera observing. Yeah. Um, this is very clearly a stalker image, uh, which would hugely go on to inspire filmmakers like De Palma, who would use them in almost every single one of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it would hugely influence the horror genre as this very unbearable point of view of this guy's going to do something horrifying and you're just sitting there watching, waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Um, and this is, from what I understand, the first like r- recorded nature of it happening in this way even before Halloween. So Bay of blood and this movie together, because Bay of blood I think was 71 or 72 and this is 74. They are credited with the invention together of the slasher film. Yeah.
2: And I can, and then, and then, and then then
1: Halloween is kind of what brought it into what we popularly know as the slasher now. Okay. So all three films together, are the birth of the slasher film. Yeah. So over the course of this show, we've talked about all three of these movies now. Very cool. We have documented the birth of the slasher <laughs> yeah. on this show. <laughs> on this show.
2: <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> That's awesome. Because, um, like, even... There there's so many elements that reminded me of Halloween, actually. Mm. And it, it almost made me feel like... Uh, like it, I, I almost have to put this on, like, equal lev- level with it, mm-hmm. in a sense, because... Like even and I'm jumping I'm jumping kind of everywhere here but I feel like because we're having the discussion about Halloween it, it fits is even like the ending where we're kind of left with just this like no nothing was really resolved nothing no. nothing happens and instead of breathing we just have. You know, the rocking chair going back and forth and Christmas music and then the phone rings. And it's just kind of like it's very it was very similar to going back to Halloween where we we watch the the shots of the suburbs after all this chaos happens and And get the heavy breathing and And like Yeah, and I was like, Oh damn, this is pretty much it's pretty much coming from black Christmas in a way. And mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. that was a cool thing to see. Very it's like, cool. it's
1: like, it's the same idea of that. There's kind of just like a larger evil that yeah. exists exactly. and it was out there before this movie started and it's out there before the, after this movie ends. To you, yeah. So you're just
2: sitting there like, <laughs> like, it's still out there, you know. It's nothing's been resolved, and yeah, it's, it it's just give awesome because feeling.
1: because watching this, you feel like you're watching a riff on a on a slasher movie. Like yeah. you feel like you're watching a derivative slasher movie that came out in the eighties. Like you're like I've seen this movie before, and I've seen, but then you go back and you're like, oh shit! Like he did this before <laughs> anybody those <did>. things existed. <laughs> yeah. So then you're like, okay, well I have to recalibrate my thinking on this now. Absolutely. Um, and especially because it's just really well crafted. It's very hmm. simple, yeah. but like oh, there, there's lots of great use of the split diopter shots, which we've talked about a lot, which again was another huge De Palma staple. But also we saw Carpenter use it in The Thing. That's that That's that one where you get two kinds of focus, right. where you have a shot focused in the background and a shot focused in the foreground on the left and the right side. Oh, okay. And then you splice the two shots of film together so right. that you get like this weirdly focused on both the background and the foreground. Yeah. But it's still, you're using shallow focus. So it's like hyper focus. Focused on both things and you're like why are my eyes hyper focused on two things right now <laughs> I don't know how to feel yeah like it's yeah. like it, it makes your it honestly just trains you to be uneasy because that's right. just not what your brain is used to processing what shots look like because
2: yeah, it, it makes it so you can't really focus on anything once one thing specifically yeah you're, so you're, your brain is in this like what's over there what's over there yeah because
1: if you have a character in the foreground on the right side in focus the, the guy is telling you, put your eyes over yes, here.
2: Exactly.
1: If both of them are in focus, then your <laughs> eyes are like, what the fuck am I looking <laughs> yeah, at? Yeah. Like,
2: What's going to happen?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just, it builds anticipation. Absolutely. Yeah. So with the use of like these wide angle stalker POV shots and these split diopter shots. And I found actually the, the, cause I do believe it was kind of, cause this is a low budget film. I believe it was like 500,000 or something at the time. Okay. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of natural lighting in the films. And you notice that a lot when they're like outside, like it's just, there's not a, there's not like very much lighting setups. It yeah. just looks like a normal kind of thing. Yeah. And, but I, I think they also did that for the interiors. And what he used as a source of lighting was Christmas lights. Yeah. And you uh, can
2: tell, cause the Christmas lights give off this kind of like things are lit. And, mm-hmm. and, and because of the colors they're they're slightly discolored and all that. And then it also gives off kind of a darker light rather than this kind of fluorescent. Exactly. So you
1: it, there, yeah. the, there's almost just this old school the, there's like it, a, a slightly like red uh, like glow yeah. almost. Yeah, it's and
2: almost like the Suspiria thing, it's very but it's not as in your face. It's just well, yeah, because he's like,
1: using, like, like Argento is using, like, real yeah. shining lights right on <laughs> yeah, you he's that like, are brightly colored. Yeah, whereas, whereas Bob Clark's more just
2: kind the of, like, setting glow. a mood in this darkness, but also using the Christmas lights to light it. So, you know, it has something that you'd think of as nice, and, you know, people like to go look at the lights and all that, but then it's, it's lighting this this setting of murder and chaos
1: so right well and that's just it is that he's i feel like he's kind of getting at this idea that this is like this is an artificial glow this yeah. is like a thing that we've yeah. made it's a it's a it's like dress up kind of yeah. right and it's dressing Which there is up. a
2: lot in christmas i mean I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big fan i have a great time with christmas but you know there is always that underlying stuff going this on is with commercial. family and this there's commercialism is, and yeah. all that shit so i mean like he does a great job of of showing both of those sides because you do still get a lot of humanity out of this film because you have the group of people that are mm-hmm. friends and mm-hmm. they're going through a lot of issues themselves with relationships and things like that. well yeah Especially i guess we should get it role. maybe to
1: some of the actual sure. plot yeah sure but it takes place at the university of toronto i don't yeah. know if it's meant to be actually the university <laughs> of toronto but yeah. it was very overtly the university of toronto no matter how many american flags they put on like the desks or whatever <laughs> yeah. uh and it centers around a sorority of uh, a bunch of girls uh, on on Christmas break who are ready to party it up. Some of them have, uh, you know, they, they want to get laid. Some of them have uh, pregnancy scares going on. Yeah. Some of them are just being sorority girls and wanting to sort of, uh, seems like some of them are kind of like feeling their first bit of like, freedom, sexual freedom. It yeah. seems like, and some yeah. of the parents who come around snooping are a little, uh, not Scared. pleased They're about not, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a very, keep their kids, kids. Yeah. This is a very coming out like post the university girl panic of like, are all the girls like having sex the and sexual having babies liberation. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this movie came out after that and it's a lot of these girls kind of just having general school and sexual drama mm-hmm. in university. Um, And honestly, in the scenes where it's like people talking to each other about that stuff, it's kind of just like a teen drama comedy type thing, right? There's
2: some absolutely raunchy things that are said, too. Oh, yeah. It's not it it doesn't uh, it doesn't pull back. It's very like Porky's level, you know, sexual natured kind of stuff. Um, but then, of course, he, he does a great job of adding all this, this character stuff, like the, the lead girl is pregnant and she herself doesn't want to keep it, but the, the boyfriend wants to keep it, so they kind of have that conflict going. Yeah. He's a little on edge. It's he's uh, he, obvious that he has a lot of stress in his life, but he's not handling it
1: well at all. No, he gets pretty aggressive pretty fast. Yeah. And I don't Which remember... makes you
2: confused as an audience member, and they yeah. use that you know as the... Uh, possible killer you know? yeah
1: well because what it kind of does is it is it, it kind of correlates with the larger like form of the film yeah. which is telling you that there's these kind of surface things that we present and we make hmm. and there's kind of these really dark things just underneath them yeah and no so, one really so all of a sudden about- <laughs> when there's this really nice boyfriend who seems like he's really successful he's possibly a musical prodigy yeah and then all of a sudden he's like you bitch I'll like strangle you or something <laughs> you're, and you're right. like what
2: Oh, it's like I get you know you these artists they're crazy. but
1: Going a little too far, yeah. So like you know, so your your brain kind of like naturally just puts those two things together, yeah. And it gets really fascinating when it gets to the because like the climax of the film actually kind of hinges on that dichotomy, yeah. And it's really really fascinating because the film makes
2: you like because I was I was struggling with it because the film I didn't want him to be. The killer? Because yeah. I just thought it was too, too much of an easy thing for the film to Yeah, to so do. just make
1: that guy the killer. And yeah.
2: then, so I was kind of almost upset at the film at first of w- the way that it was going. I'm like, yeah. are they going to do the obvious thing here? And then the way that they they kind of psychologically mess with you, yeah. not just the the lead girl who yeah. is having that same confusion. Is it this guy? Is it this boyfriend I have? Is it just a random guy in the house? Whatever. Yeah, because
1: it's just, it's very suspect that at the same time where there's this really creepy dude, yeah. anonymous dude calling the house being like uh pig, pig cunt. Oh, uh, yeah, fucking just lick th- it. Lick it. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, fucking kill you. we like, like, like <laughs>
2: three different voices too. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Which, which are scary, which, hell, which I believe some of them apparently are Bob Clark himself. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and yeah, there's these these really the girls are getting these really creepy phone calls from this guy who's talking about how he's going to kill them. We're getting these stalker POV shots and murders where he is slowly picking some of them off one by one.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, some of them in pretty horrifying ways, like that attic kill. Oh yeah, where he drops the what is he what the is the hook? The hook it's like on a her. swinging. Hook. Yeah, he swings – She climbs up into the attic and swings the hook at her and then pulls the body up. Yeah. And now, did that remind you at all of? Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he pulls that girl through the door when that body gets pulled up through the attic I was like
2: whoa there was another thing too I was saying I think I might have said it uh, on an episode where we were just happened to talk about Texas and uh, it was that scene where he pulls her in and it's just simple it's just a guy picking up a girl and with All this force pulling her into into like an unknown space kind of It doesn't seem like it'd be that scary, but it's bone chilling. And this has that same kind of vibe because it's like it's how they film it and how they pace every one of these kills because this film isn't that gory. It really isn't. There's there's not a lot of crazy crazy shit in it. It's just the way that he paces each murder your brain does the rest of the work it's kind of like shock when yeah. we saw that that guy rise to become the demon or whatever oh yeah it was just like it's no more than a guy rising into the frame but it's just the the way that it paces out it's just yeah, bone chilling you, you, yeah
1: your your brain fills in like the Gaps, empty space right. yeah, yeah it exactly just
2: scary cuz once again the the killer we never see this guy yeah. but i just have this Imagine like I don't even I couldn't even explain it to you, but this guy just has to be the most messed up person yeah, ever. You b- know what I mean? Between
1: the voice and between the way that the kills are filmed and stuff, there's and his sporadic nature, he's not oh, like
2: yeah. Michael where he's calm. He he can go off like that to the point where he's just this like juggernaut of chaos.
1: He's very just, impulsive. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, and he does these like high pitched screams while he's doing <laughs> it. It's just so terrifying. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the the way that you know this sort of these this side of the story kind of it infuses itself into th- that. So this is what becomes suspect is because mm. while this stuff is happening, her boyfriend is showing signs of being really aggressive and possibly violent yeah. at that moment in time. And she's like, cause
2: they even find like he smashes his piano. So yep. they're starting to get build yep.
1: evidence of like, Oh, maybe this dude is a physical <laughs> threat, you know, like, yeah, uh, he's so, not
2: making his case look good. That's no. Sure.
1: Yeah. So the, the movie is putting it, putting it together in your head both through its narrative and both through these sort of different scenes that there is sort of an uptick of general paranoia and violence that is accumulating in both the characters and, and, and you as an audience member and you immediately start filling in those gaps trying to be like, okay, so he's the guy and the most interesting thing decision that the film makes is first of all, they never tell you 100% he's not. I think, but they never, it's so, they leave it so vague that you're kind of like, which is the point. Hmm. It's just because, because the only piece of evidence she has is something about like he, he, he couldn't have killed the first person because he didn't hear the news. Right. But then we're led to believe that this is also part of like an underlying thing that he has. So you're not sure, but then it's presumed by the end of the film that you already mentioned that that it lives on even after he's
2: dead. Yeah.
1: So it's just, I mean, I did
2: assume that he wasn't the guy. I I don't think he was either, but the film just makes
1: it really ambiguous.
2: Yeah. And I think, uh, right. It just adds to that nature of, uh, especially the mystery of the killer because, um, they just, they leave you with absolutely nothing. They don't even give you, th- there's no story. You know, there's no scene where they sit down and they're just like,
1: here's the killer, here's how he to was made this day. Or yeah.
2: anything. There's nothing. It's just this guy that shows up at a Christmas party and kills people. Well, because
1: first of all, what, what I think actually is the movie is I think that I don't think that he was the killer at all. Yeah. But what they imply is that he could have been made into a killer
2: Yeah, is sure. the thing.
1: The same way that this guy seems to have been somehow made into a killer by an right. abusive relationship of some kind. or Which you know, uh,
2: we'll, we'll get into it. But and, that's a great and, and, connection to the Silent Night too. Yes. Because it's, it's kind of like – Being made it's, into, it's just, into a killer. You're, yeah. You're just well, – These al- things are going to keep creating monsters. Also
1: think about how she was made into a killer. Right, the main girl too, right? That's so a good because point. because this is this is the main I Actually didn't really
2: make that connection. That's a good point. Well, because
1: that's the amazing bit about the climax yeah. where she is going logically he can't be the killer because the first person was dead before I even told him about the pregnancy. But the fear and the and the thought and, of and, the possibility and, and, he's and breaking and, in right, right. trying to like get in and she's sitting there being like holy crap he could be. Is the thing. Is that even when is that's almost scarier. Yeah. It's just that someone you know that closely could be the person doing this to
2: you. Yeah, absolutely. And even when he's approaching her, you get like he you can tell that at that point he's very he's he's unhinged, even himself, like, you know, he's he isn't the killer, but he's got this he's been going through a lot that night. We'll say (laughs) that. And uh he gets down and he's like going towards her and she's just not responding. And you'd think that he'd have a response of like why are you being so? Why do you look like you've just seen a ghost when you're looking at me, mm-hmm. right? But he responds and he just keeps moving forward. He's just yeah. like, "What's what's wrong? Are you okay?" And it's it almost seems, it does seem threatening.
1: Yeah, it does seem threatening the and, way and, that he's approaching her. And it's you're just, and you're not sure if that's like her yeah. feeling
2: that way or you, just because you you've been yeah. you've been trained now to think
1: that this guy might be the dude. Yeah, so you're like. E-
2: so you do. You feel exactly like uh, she honestly, feel, feels. Honestly, that's kind
1: of the genius of the film is that yeah, it, it, make, it makes you just feel really thorny things about these characters by just showing you things than being like, now watch these events unfold with knowledge yeah. I've already given to you. Right and try and make up your mind about it. And the, the and you really can't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, you're just going to, you're sitting there and you're going to watch. It's very fatalistic. It's very like, this is going to go bad mm-hmm. that this is there. There's a larger evil here and it's probably going to win out. And that's kind of like what we end up watching, uh, unfold. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, uh, the, the larger like mood and atmosphere that Bob Clark's like, uh, you know like supplies while he's giving you this Mm. goes a long way with doing that too um again the stalker pov stuff but also i couldn't believe i was watching it that sequence um where he kills the curl the sorority girl upstairs i think it isn't margot kidder that he kills in that one with he kills her with with, with the glass unicorn oh jesus yeah that is that's a brutal death
2: um, yeah. yeah well, and,
1: and the 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 editing of it is the main thing because yeah. there's there's previously established that there's these uh, Mormon Christmas carolers who like come <laughs> yeah, around.
2: Yeah, you're right. And they they're splicing it in with the Christmas carols and the music. Exactly. And, like,
1: so so the Christmas carols are out there, and yeah. all these kids are singing, and they're singing this Christmas carol. It's really innocent, and the main girl who uh, has the pregnancy scare is. Uh, out there listening to the kids sing, being like, oh, this is so nice, so nice. Meanwhile, we're cutting to the stalker images. (laughs) Meanwhile, we're cutting to this girl in this really dark bedroom that's so dark it almost looks like she's in like a void yeah she's just she's the only thing there she's waiting for the stalker to come to her it's all black
2: this film you're you're surrounded by Christmas lights and and things of that nature so you're just kind of like you know you're used to a colorful thing even though it's a little dark and and grainy or whatever but it still has some some sense of life to it whereas that room it's just like this is where you die (laughs) this is it
1: yeah and they and they set up multiple times the shot of this glass unicorn that's just just sitting there yeah uh and it actually is like the main shot of the movie that everyone kind of knows is the shot of him holding it above with like the light on his eyes so all you see are these deranged eyes and a black void right. with a giant pointy piece of glass with light going yeah. through it and that and then shot then, bam! of the eye
2: the really close-up shot i'm not sure if it's yeah. the reflection shot but there's another shot where it shows him through like the closet door or something like oh, that yes 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 and like the middle of his eye is like pure red. As and in, it's so as in wide like demonic. And like like yeah. he's not even a part of the earth. Like he's just, he yeah. le- legitimately looks like a demon or something like yeah. that, or at least the eye does. And, uh, it just gave me the sense of something that was like, not of this realm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the, the kills are very, I guess they're very heightened and yeah. stylish. And I guess the rest of yeah. the film kind of just isn't that way. We talk like, it's, right. it's kind of like very natural very and realistic, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of lighting and in terms of setting and in terms of some of the conversations between, you know, the characters that feel like you're in a normal teen drama. And then all of a sudden these murder scenes happen and they're like on another planet that they're happening on. Um, Absolutely. which is really scary because yeah. obviously the consequences are felt by all these real people. Um, especially, um, you know, when they, f- I don't actually think they ever find the girl who's in the rocking chair.
2: No, that's, that's kind of, and I, they don't find the head mistress, I believe. Oh, wait, they do. Cause he moves her body to, uh, Beth's bed. I think. Oh yes. And so they do find her, but you're right. She, he keeps her in the attic the entire time and yeah. they never go up in the attic because they genius just, cops eventually they maybe assume- we should get
1: to them too the subplot of the just the most inept <laughs> police. Canadian police officers <laughs> yeah, of like, all time we're not
2: used to this <laughs>
1: guns and shit <laughs> well even when they when they first go in there and they're like yeah the girl is missing and they're like oh she's ran off with her boyfriend or whatever like fuck off yeah, well girl. especially like,
2: that one cop i will say at least the <laughs> lieutenant like gives a shit like he tries well, at least. yeah because
1: they eventually find some sort of body or like they find right. some, they, they find but the they people who were killed outside or something yeah, right
2: they go to that first cop and this dude just does not want to be a cop like exactly. he just is like she'll be fine just we're, we're not even going to make a report <laughs> like basically <laughs> and then and then things start to develop and i think it's like a day after and then the lieutenant goes up to him and is basically like why haven't we done anything about this, you idiot? You know. So, well, and
1: he, he, he's also the one who gets shit on for being stupid, right? Cuz yeah. he's, he's the one where she, she tells him the name of the sorority is fellatio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I almost it, it, it was a weird for house because I
2: almost I didn't like feel bad for him in a sense because He's a—he's obviously kind of a dick and doesn't really do his job. But I did get this background sense that he Everyone every made day makes fun of him, fun of him <laughs> and maybe that's why he is the way he is. Because I actually kind of felt bad in that
1: sequence. Yeah, the scene where 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 yeah. he's just like, "She gave you fellatio," and then the whatever. guy's
2: just losing his mind at him, like he's a total <laughs> moron. I was, and he is, but it was—I actually kind of felt for him, surprisingly.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I also love the brief bits in here we get of uh, '70s hockey. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, classic Canadian pastime. Beautiful. Uh oh man, there's all kinds of like fur coats and skidoos and ski masks and <laughs> yeah. oh it's it's so good it's so awesome to see because you don't see a lot of 70s Toronto. I feel like no. it, it feels weird kind of looking at it because I lived in Toronto for a while and I recognized the UFT area yeah. and I was just like wow that's okay. very cool yeah
2: uh,
1: and apparently the Black Christmas house is still somewhere in Toronto there I don't know where like the oh, actual sweet. sorority house is just a house there that'd be
2: cool to see I know that I don't know what be, they've turned it into maybe uh, it's like a the restaurant Christmas or story like. the other movie that he does. Is the the house is actually in cleveland which is oh, where my band is and they right. they actually my bassist just did a story. had a picture with the leg lamp or whatever <laughs> but yeah so awesome. it, yeah i, I want to go visit that house now the uh the christmas uh not the christmas story one this one black christmas <laughs> i wonder if they have it as like a landmark or something because they do in cleveland
1: for the other one very possible yeah um, trying to think of other things I really like because I, I I liked a lot of the small details uh, of this of this film and it's also probably it's got to be the first film that did the uh, the the phone call tracing thing which was really Dude, cool. I was gonna say that, yeah. that
2: it's from inside the house. Yeah, it's coming from inside the
1: house. Because as modern viewers, we watch that and whole thing unfold, chuckled. and we we watch the whole thing unfold, and we're kind of like, "That's become like a it's a, a it's, joke. It's, it's now. almost a meme. It's a gag. Like now, it's yeah. coming from inside the house." Yeah. yeah. We we've traced
2: the call. I wonder. I see. I wanted to know what the OG movie is for that because see, it I don't, could be this. I don't know. 100% I don't think it is. Though I, I thought it was something more. C- I thought it was called like when a stranger calls, and there's like an older horror movie, um, or
1: one missed call, or something like something that. something like that. And I thought I, that's where I it was think from. there is an original version of that film before they remade it, which is like the yeah. main film where that happens in it. Yeah. So it's possible this isn't the first case. It is really well done in this film, though.
2: Oh, it's really well done because yeah. it's. It, and he, you already know, so it's not like he makes it really dramatic. Well, yeah, that's just it. Is he? Makes, it's for the characters, which is why it works
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's it's that classic case of like dramatic irony of yeah a, yeah a case of the audience we know. Before before the characters know that he's already in the house, but there's still a lot of suspense to like them maintaining being on the phone yeah. and like be like, you got to get him for longer. You got to get him for longer calling you and talking to him. And you don't yeah. want to talk to him because he's just, he's not a great phone conversationist, you know, yeah, he no. just sits there. He's like, <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, bitch I'm the- <laughs> yeah, He literally just yells the worst words he can possibly think of and then just breathes heavily and does like tongue shit. Yeah, he just like yells <laughs> cunt and is like, I'm gonna yeah.
1: murder you and like <laughs>
2: it's not the my favorite And she's like cool, like <laughs> yeah, I, I I love the little dialogue where the lieutenant is continuously telling her, he's just like, you have to keep him on for more than twenty <laughs> seconds, or we're never gonna find the guy. And she's just like okay but I really don't like these calls <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> she like pretty much just tells him I am legitimately uncomfortable listening to this guy and that's why I keep hanging up it's 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 uh very human and I appreciated that little tidbit that they put in there
1: oh I, I also love those those two hunting dudes who show up at the house with the guns <laughs> they were great and they're just like <laughs> just trying to help, just knocking door to door uh watch out for creepy dudes tonight <laughs> and they're like okay
2: (laughs) i love when meanwhile he's like opening the door (laughs) keeps blocking the doors they're trying to close it it's great and and now at one
1: point like his gun his his gun kind of like drops down and it's like pointed at her (laughs) like by accident you're kind of like dude you can tell he's like is
2: are these the people that are gonna gonna help save the day (laughs) yeah uh
1: oh (laughs) yeah and either way all of that gets to that climax that we already talked about where where peter uh the the sort of really aggressive seemingly possibly violent boyfriend Mm. comes into the basement she knows the killer's in the house and peter happens to be just outside the house trying to make his way in
2: and this is after she gets in the basement after she's been chased by the killer yes and so she automatically assumes whoever is looking for her through the window is the killer because he yeah. was just looking for her. So all these yeah. connections just don't bode well for Peter. <laughs> no.
1: And, and she even says out loud to the audience and to herself, she's like, I know that it's not him. I, yeah. I know because the first murders happened before I could have possibly set him off. Right. But, all of the evidence filmmaking wise (laughs) is, is screaming at you. Like he wants to hurt you. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it really is. Uh,
1: and we get this really, really sad image where finally all of the cops make it to the house and they get inside and they find her on the ground, uh, all bloodied up and hurt. And with Peter's body dead, stabbed to death on top of her. (laughs) And we kind of put the rest together from there um, and uh, we're kind of left at the last minute with, she ends up okay. Uh, yeah. f- I guess physically, yeah. uh, we don't know about, uh, mentally, <laughs> mentally or emotionally. I'm sure there's
2: some uh, things going on. Yeah. She just killed the person But that the she most loves.
1: bizarre thing is this final shot in the house that kind of like, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like moving out of the house and like zooming out. And again, it, it does resemble that Halloween finale where it's, yeah. it's these really mundane shots of, of the, the space of the house. Yeah. But we just saw what that space was filled with. So we're, we're waiting for it. We're looking for it. We, we, it's implying it's still out there. Yep. Um,
2: and I love the, the zoom in to like from the girl's face in the bag, just to the house. So that almost while you're watching the, the suburban house come to, you know, full view All you can focus on is that attic window where you know there's two dead bodies uh, in there. Yeah, because
1: that's like a close-up of her, and it zooms out slowly, revealing the entire house. And then the phone call. And then the cop standing outside who just left the girl in her room. Like, she's alone in that house with a cop outside the house. Just guarding it. And that dead body's still in the attic. Uh, And he's in the attic. And he's in the attic. You assume. Yeah, with the bag on her head. And the final shot is just this huge, wide shot where the camera has told you, focus on the dead body that you can see from it. Like if, if someone was walking on the sidewalk, passing the house, yeah. if they knew what to look for, they could just see a dead body oh, in the house. Oh, hell yeah. yeah and like, you don't get day. more overt than that. This really gorgeous house covered in snow and Christmas lights. Yeah, it looks. With a dead yeah. body in it that yeah. you can see. And, and like, that is v- like a perfect visual summation of this And the it's the first
2: shot that the movie starts with too. Of the house, Of yes. the house. It's the very first thing. So you go from... The opening shot of Christmas music and and just nice choir music and and the 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 just shot beautiful of beautiful house covered yeah, in and snow and, like, it's and a Christmas, Christmas party. lights. Thirty people yeah. are haven't fought each other yet. All this great stuff. And then the last shot is the exact same thing, but you've now known all the – you've seen all these
1: things. And your brain is infected by the presence of, like, evil and death that resides inside that house and that you can actually still see it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then another great thing was when uh, the phone rings, you can see the cop kind of like, should I go and answer that phone call?
1: Don't (laughs) fucking answer (laughs) (laughs) it.
2: And it's just like – and then credits and you're just left with – Nothing was resolved and everything's worse. Yeah. And it's just, it's horrific. Absolutely horrific. Another thing, just before we uh, wrap up, uh, I loved his piano part, Peter's piano part. Oh yeah. I thought it expressed like a tormented soul. I don't know if you noticed Mm. the the piano, but it's very dark. It's like in Mm -hmm. a minor key. There's a lot of flat flats and like, just it's, it's very dark. And, uh, especially for a Christmas movie. So I was like, it, it's kind of showing it's the torment moody. of him, you know, through his music and that scene. Well, and
1: I also heard that's a very expensive piano, like a Steinway piano or something like oh, that. Is so what he,
2: when he smashes <laughs> that back <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> You know, you, Son of a bitch. you know, he's feeling something real for sure. <laughs> yeah, when he busts the <laughs> 10 grand piano. All right. Well, we were, I think we're going to enter the reductive rating round on this one. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a really high four. Um, this, this I understand. Uh, I actually almost can't believe that this was critically reviled when it came out. Yeah. You're was, wrong. <laughs> yeah. It was. And I mean, maybe we have the benefit of hindsight on us. That's maybe true, if I true. saw what's a modern day, I guess this is just it is we're, we're missing the modern day black Christmases because they're going direct to video. right yeah, now. I guess. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe 30 years from now, people will be like, wow, you liked black Christmas, but you didn't like, Silent." <laughs> yeah, you guys you, are scum. You, you didn't like, you oh, know shit, nothing. what did I just get told was a real movie? Oh, from dusk till dawn three, like the direct to video sequel. Well, that's right oh my god that exists so maybe <laughs> wow. maybe 30 years from now when they're making a podcast they'll be like that's an underrated cult classic and they'll call us so it be like these fucking idiots didn't even know yeah <laughs> <laughs> either way it still kind of shocks me that you know people couldn't see the genuine you know despite the fact that this obviously has some pretty ludicrously violent material for 1974 sure that they couldn't see you know, the craft on display here yeah. with such a minimal budget. It's mm. so moody. And again, the kills are such um uh almost show reels in in like style and murder, which really separate themselves from the rest of the film. Yeah. That like you know, like they're th they're they are they are they are they are almost showing off. So you're like you feel like people would have been like, that was a really well made movie. Yeah. Uh and not to mention, you know, it's, it, it feels very icky after you finish watching it, which is, you know, for some people, that's just a detriment. People don't like to feel that way when they watch movies sometimes. So yeah. that could be- a That's pretty to. much what this show is, so we love it. That's <laughs> why we started the show. I <laughs> yeah. fucking love that shit.
2: Exactly. Uh, Make me feel offended and gross.
1: <laughs> so yeah, basically for all the reasons that we, we've already stated, it's super moody. Uh, it actually is thematically thorny and the way that it uses you psychology- um, or psychology uses you psychologically Hmm. um, to make you feel very uneasy and paranoid about the larger presence of evil that exists just beneath uh, our, our own surface dress up that we play at the holidays uh, is, is very interesting. And, uh, it feels kind of strange that this again doesn't isn't a riff on the slasher that it is one of the originals because I feel yeah, like you would watch this yeah. later and you'd be like, oh, it's like a slasher, but it's Christmas, and you're like, you're like no, this came out before the slashers. But
2: yeah, <laughs> you just, like you just assume it'd be the Halloween, you know, like it, like that's that's where the murders happen, you know, Halloween, it's scary, but no, the, yep. the one of the original slashers was a Christmas genre film. Yeah, and, and
1: and you would think that it would use that premise ironically, and it doesn't. It takes oh. it full like really really Thanks seriously advantage of those themes yeah, yeah and so. uses them for the horror it's and again i just so I, smart. I fucking love that shit i don't know why cuz christmas is very normal for me i don't yeah, have like too. a brutal family or something like yeah. that that makes me feel sad and lonely at christmas time but yeah. i just i i just i think it's a very evocative and a thing that you really feel is the idea of this very flamboyant commercial holiday season where you're, where you force everyone is forced to be happy when there's really, really bad things that happen to people and people don't always feel that way. So again, things like Batman returns, things like eyes wide shut, which I didn't bring up, which I will bring up here in the closing (laughs) statements. Eyes wide shut uses the exact same kind of uh, Christmas light glow, and, yeah, and, you're that, right. and that actually Eyes Wide you're Shut right. was specifically shot by Kubrick and his cinematographer to not use any, uh, uh, unnatural lighting or so like staged lighting. Like he, stage did, he didn't want light setups. Very cool. He wanted to use the, uh, the glow of the Christmas lights, which, uh,
2: it creates a dreamscape like no other. Like exactly. It's, yeah. Eyes
1: Wide Shut is a completely fluid, dreamy yeah. film. Um, yeah. And the way that it uses Christmas lights is a huge part of that. And it was just awesome to see it also done uh, this 25 is just, years it earlier. This
2: time it's just like dirtier. It's just grittier a little. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I was want Chuck gets into some, some dirty shit, but you know what I mean? I guess it's more violent
1: eyes wide shut I, eyes wide shut is more violent in its implications yes you don't actually exactly. see any violence happen on screen you just, just assume like what is happening with this society here. this sex cult is definitely killing people uh and i'm <laughs> yeah. just gonna pretend that i didn't see it <laughs> I'm
2: just <gonna> go back <laughs> to doing it yeah. Yep,
1: exactly yeah. exactly uh but yeah for you
2: uh yeah it's a it's a four honestly i think was, i'm gonna give it the old probably gonna be a five rating yeah, yeah. uh I think what it is is when I watched it and I realized how directly this influenced Halloween. I almost feel like I can't give it a four. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it now just because I feel like I want to give that rewatch. Like I always. But have you feel to like do. if you
1: gave Halloween a five, like how can you not give right? This a five? Because
2: I just feel like the only thing that's missing from this film, in my opinion, that. halloween doesn't have or that halloween does have is the iconic score because it doesn't it does lack a like memorable score Mm -hmm. but it does use the christmas music in a very good way
1: i will say too if i had any knock against this movie at all and it's a minor one i i I did feel this one's length a little bit more than i feel halloween's length
2: Uh, yeah i will admit that there are small moments of dull i will i will admit that and and but the Whereas Halloween, the, the I the just weird go thing through The weird thing is,
1: it. is that I bet you if I watched the movie again, I couldn't even pinpoint what I would cut. It's yeah. just, it is, this movie is very deliberate. Some of the cop stuff I would cut, now that I think about it's it. It's deliberately slower and subtle... In a way that I guess I'm not used to seeing from slasher movies yeah. anymore, which will be funny when we get into Silent Night, Deadly Night. Which, for example, I did not have a problem with that movie's length at all. <laughs> no, because that movie just frickin' rocket ship. Yeah,
2: rocket ship. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I think I it might get the five on the rewatch just because I I, I I'm honestly I my brain compares this mm-hmm. to Halloween, so it's it's hard for me to not do it. But uh, for now, I'm give it the four. And uh, Bob Clark... You are now the king of Christmas for me. So, well done. Sir. Yeah, if
1: anyone wants to check out more Bob Clark, uh, I, I'd have to recommend his movie Death Dream, which is the other nice. big uh, beyond, because he did a lot of other movies like Porky's and A Christmas Story and oh, stuff did like Porky's? that. Oh, he did Porky's? He did too, yeah. Holy shit. No crazy. wonder it feels like Porky's, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 What a mix th- this guy's had. But the same year as Black Christmas, He's he, an he also released uh, Death Dream or Dead of Night, which is actually a Vietnam horror movie. Okay, um, which Damn. has nothing it doesn't take place at all in Vietnam. It is about this family who hears that their um like that the the child, the son of the family yeah. died in Vietnam and then like a week later he returns home.
2: Oh, and they're okay. like
1: dude, we thought you were like fucking dead. Yeah. And um what it kind of has happened to him is that obviously he's been changed by the war, but he's been changed by the war almost into just like a very like impulsive murderous, like zombie is kind of what he's been, uh, turned into. And it turns into a slasher where everyone's just like, Oh man, I got to treat the vet like with respect. And then like, Oh, okay. He's a hitchhiker. I'll give him a ride. Thanks for your service, bro. Uh, and he's brought with him sort of just like the, the, the violence that he carried out over there. He's brought home with him. That sounds fascinating. Um, and as far as like Vietnam, like horror movies go, uh, it reminded me of like, what if, uh, uh, Michael, like if, if Michael Myers served in Vietnam is kind of like <laughs> what it's like. Holy shit. Uh, and, and, and that's what it feels like. And it's really, really sad to watch his story with the parents. Cause again, Bob Clark just has this really thorny thing about him where you feel emotional stuff about the horror, which really always does benefit seems the to horror
2: characters really well.
1: Yeah. But watching these parents who are like our murderous zombie child is like killing the community, but they're like, He's our son. Like yeah. we love our son. So like right. they're they're still like wrestling with that. Yeah. Uh, that sounds fascinating. And it's it's awesome. So check that out if you can. Either way, that's Black Christmas. That's a four for both of us. We went a little long on that one. But it was we're gonna be, worth it. It was worth it. We're gonna be <laughs> right back and we're gonna be talking silent night, deadly night, uh Christmas Punish. slasher from ten years later.
2: Bonish.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, we are back and we are talking silent night deadly night oh, yeah. the 1984 american slasher film directed by charles e zeller jr <laughs> Great name, <laughs> and starring robert brian wilson and a few other people that i've never heard of but <laughs> yeah uh pretty 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 i wouldn't say the most memorable performances but pretty pretty fun you know what okay i'm just gonna dive right in i'm gonna yeah. dive right into this one so What this is missing, right away, I'm just going to say this up front, what this doesn't have that Black Christmas offered, and the reason I think most people kind of feel more negative towards this film, is it it doesn't quite have the same visual skill and mood that Bob Clark has. Sure. It has a low budget, kind of blander kind of coverage to it, but in that kind of charming exploitation way that we kind of like to talk about. Like it's like, Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what it, what it has going for it. So I wouldn't say it's the most, uh, it still
2: has some great, like, camera angles and stuff. I remember there's it's one It's got some where, cool shot
1: choices, yeah. and it's got some. It's got a few moments that are really, really well edited, but I would say, overall, it's just missing, like, that cohesive mood. Yeah. And that that kind of atmosphere, and that really, like... It does seem th- a bit This sporadic. whole thing is a very coherent thing. This yeah. is a lot choppier, yes. a lot shaggier. Because um, they want to
2: do everything from, like, these, like, crazy sex romp things like with like with the with the girl that's making out with the guy on the pool table to crazy religious punishment through the nuns to to making that an allegory for santa claus himself to like (laughs) like he it's all over the place so but what this does have
1: and the reason because i will say when i first started watching the movie i was like oh okay i kind of get why people think this is worse than black christmas But what it does have going for it, and what was revealed probably in the first fifteen minutes of the movie, (laughs) hell yeah, the trash is this has (laughs) one amazing joke that it mines for eighty minutes, (laughs) (laughs) and that is what if Santa was a fucking raping murderer? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm on board, folks. I'm on board, and it's really funny. It's great.
2: (laughs) It's fantastic.
1: (laughs) Um, And the image of seeing Santa Claus rob people, shoot people, rape people, strangle people. All uh, while saying naughty and punish. Viciously gun them down in front of orphans (laughs) and getting gunned down. (laughs) Two Santa
2: Clauses are shot in front of orphans. You know, like, it's a bad day when Santa gets shot
1: in front of you and you're six, but two Santa Clauses get shot in the same day. And... What I will say, and I was completely shocked by, is missing in a lot of, because I guess this is the thing, is we I kind of like, I don't like to read a lot before I go into a movie, yeah. but I generally have a general it's idea a of what people I, I like and what I, people I know think of of movies. And I will say that almost across the board, this movie had exclusively like-
2: Twos and threes. Like
1: threes and twos, pretty much, when I was looking at it. And I, and, <laughs> and- I gotta say, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, come like,
2: on. How, <laughs> these, tra- I thought you liked trash. I thought yeah. that's what we were here for. This is it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this, this is, like, is, and this is this honestly trash. <laughs> this is, it's not as character considered as Black Christmas is, and psychologically considered in that kind of like respectfully, yeah. really skillful way. Sure, but it is not uninteresting. No, and, and the I stuff- think it
2: makes compelling points i mean yeah it simplifies it to the point of just like you know
1: punishment and and niceness but, but like, I do I do think it's genuinely thorny I yeah. do I do think it's interesting I because, also
2: love that contrast between like they there's a reason they make them nuns they, yes. there's a reason they make it a religious thing and then you have Santa and, the, Claus. and that
1: Christmas is a distinctly Christian holiday right, right and it's
2: and it's got that same vibe you know with God it's heaven or hell with Santa it's naughty it's or nice or coal you know he he, well, he lowers it down not this uh movie he Santa goes straight to murder if you're naughty but uh you know it's it's I love that uh that kind of comparison I yeah that well was great. And, and
1: it actually makes a really compelling case for the psychological breakdown of the main character yeah oh because yeah. Filmic- they go
2: through like a few years of his life both like, narratively eras.
1: and filmically like you understand what the fuck is happening to this child's head oh, yeah. and the filming gets you really into it because it opens with this scene where he's driving with his parents he's got this nice american back roads they're driving around being like it's christmas yeah. The kid might as well be named Bobby. Is he actually named Bobby? I'm gonna look that up. He Billy, be, Billy, Billy. Same thing. Yeah, you know, it is. Might all, as well be you Bobby. know. Uh oh, Billy, <laughs> blonde-haired American boy <laughs> yep. named Billy. Uh, and they and they they tell him as they were just like he's like I want to stay up and see Santa and they were like well you can't see Santa because that would be that would be naughty that's naughty that's yeah. naughty sir can't do be doing that Cole. Um, and they, they go and they have this really ominous visit with like the granddad. <laughs> yeah. Who's like really, really out of it until the parents go away and he's like, fucking, uh, everything he's sucks. Like, By the and way, like, yeah.
2: Santa's a fucking murderer. Yeah. He's going to rape you. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> You're like, damn, Gramps. Yeah. Like, Jesus. You've Meanwhile, it. though, a dude dressed as Santa robs a gas station. For like like ten dollars. $30. Yeah, yeah. $30. kills a
2: man in cold blood for thirty dollars in a pack of stuff. Yeah,
1: guns him down. And either way, I was not prepared for the murder to happen that fast. Watching yeah. Santa just gun down this like uh uh, what do they call like a uh, gas station clerk or yeah. whatever? I was like, and the beauty what of the it fuck? is,
2: is there's no real connection to why he's dressed as Santa. He just kind of, it's like it's the holidays. If right. I'm gonna rob someone, why dress in black? I'll dress as Santa. Like, I yeah, don't like, know. Like, like, like maybe
1: <laughs> maybe he's one of those dudes at the mall who has like kids get on his lap or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden he's like, that's <laughs> not paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then we get this scene where they've left the uh, the old folks home, left the grandpa behind, they're driving home christmas eve they see santa pulled over on the side of the road the guy who just robbed the gas station um he's he's pretending that his car is broken down and the kids see santa and they were like hey billy do you want to see santa and he's like no that would be naughty like i can't see santa meanwhile santa pulls a gun on the two parents yep straight up murders shoots the the dad right away Pulls the mom out of the car, rips her blouse open, exposes. For
2: no, and for no, like, like, it's like he doesn't do anything other than that. He just wanted to humiliate her. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's he's just such a piece of garbage.
1: sexual humiliation. Yeah. Um, where her breasts are completely exposed while he's killing her. I guess he slits her throat. I think is what he does. Yeah, that's revealed later. And and the little boy has escaped into the field, kind of in the background, while this is all happening. And he is watching his first experience with seeing Santa. Is watching Santa brutally murder and sexually assault his parents. Yeah, and immediately smash cut to uh, Christian Home for Orphan Children. And what's
2: great about this cut too is there's like a ton of demented synth crazy music going oh, yeah. on and then right when it cuts to the, the choir wherever it's going yeah. it turns into gospel music oh, like yeah. right
1: away and you're like you don't
2: know how to feel. You, you associate just those two things together <laughs> yeah, no, you're like, very what? quickly
1: <laughs> uh, and it's amazing because now that he's in an orphan home specifically run by, by nuns the nuns are forcing him to repress his memories of that yeah. traumatizing event because he's drawing pictures of it. He's very clearly still tormented, uh, psychologically by that experience. And I mean, who wouldn't be? You're yeah. a child. You just watched Santa, this fucking mythological, amazingly awesome dude that everyone loves. And despite the fact that he murdered your parents, everybody still loves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and right. everyone around you still wants to see Santa and hang out with Santa. And so you're deeply fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Witnessing this
2: man and trying to get on his lap is not something you want to do. Right. So
1: so the way that this relates to Santa as this commercial idea, this commercial myth that everybody loves and is taught to love at a young age yeah, and reconciling that with his experience with a guy dressed as Santa that obviously he's not old enough to realize that that's maybe just a guy who abused that image. He's like, no, that's Santa. Yeah. Uh, and so not only is he still dealing with that, but in this orphanage... He witnesses his first act of actual sex happening between two people living in the orphanage. And he sees these two people having sex, and it's cutting between the images of the girl's breasts and them, you know, consensually having right. sex with images of Santa sexually assaulting his mother. Right. So he's
2: instantly making connections that sex is just bad, basically.
1: Well, he he's doing that at, like, he, his brain is naturally doing that. Yeah. And then you think that he might be able to be taught out of that, to be like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like sex can be consensual and these people aren't right. doing that. But then we have a nun. Then we have the yeah. nun who comes in. Cause he's looking through the, just
2: confirmed. He's that. looking
1: through the keyhole, which actually does resemble the bit of the eye with the black Christmas too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of keyhole stalker stuff yeah, uh, in definitely. a lot of these films that we talk about, um, the watchful eye, but the nun comes up and the nun like starts spanking the shit out of uh, both him for being a voyeur and yeah. the uh, and, and punishing the two people who were obviously having sex under her roof. Which co- is
2: consensual sex, by the way. Yep.
1: So and it's not like a punishment
2: for like, you know, an assault or something like that. This no. girl just sees two people that really dig each other and
1: that's wrong. <laughs> yep. And calls it naughty. Yep. Uh, which he immediately relates to seeing Santa. the same way that yep. Santa deems people naughty and that his mom said was naughty yeah uh it's
2: pretty intricate for like a trashy well, exploitation that's just movie it, is that
1: the, the the writing here is it's pretty good is actually not bad yeah, at i all. think it's
2: very good for what this is and what it, it's trying to be it's I was, I was
1: smart. Sm- I was honestly pretty thoroughly impressed by th- their connections How? without making
2: it insulting. Cause like you could make this a little too like on offensive, nose, I think, yeah. or maybe, yeah, or, or on the nose. And I think they do a great job of all these different, uh, comparisons to, you know, religion and, and Christmas and, and all this. And then his, his
1: deep rooted, uh, both, both need to be good. Like and, and traumatic repression and sexual repression, which we eventually get into because yeah. now at this point he's had ingrained in him that both being naughty deserves punishment and punishment equals violence. Yeah, it's always physical. And being naughty is not just murder and rape. Being naughty is also just sex, which yeah. is a very Christian aspect or sex out of wedlock i guess would yeah. be the main thing it's a very again he's so now he's being being told that just sex deserves violent punishment is kind of what he's been uh, programmed to believe at that point yeah um and only and basically just through th- circumstance and through um you know actual uh Uh, I guess it's, is it parenting? It's not really parenting.
2: It's the nuns trying their best,
1: (laughs) I guess. I guess they call it nurturing, you know, nature versus nurture. It's it's the nurturing aspect. Yeah. Uh, But then what we kind of see is all of the nuns welcoming Santa into the orphanage and trying to force him on his lap yeah. And uh, that's not going well. He punches this 10-year-old punches the shit what out of a left Santa hook, by the way. Yeah. Like this Santa flies off. Like this kid Oh dude and that nose uh, sprays blood. It's great. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's just swinging.
1: <laughs> that was a
2: great sequence.
1: Uh, but then we we cut to kind of like 10 years later. He's like 18 or 19 or 20 or something. He's in his teens yeah, now. Working
2: in retail. Working so in retail. Already he's already going to lose his mind. There's this very
1: adorable <laughs> work montage of him like being like we're going to get you a job. And they're like, we don't need a guy. And they're like, yeah, but you'll like this guy. And they're like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he's, you know, he's, he's picking up boxes and he just, he's, he's it is clocking. So, it's, it's a montage so of him like clocking. It's in. so
2: wholesome. <laughs> it's unbelievably wholesome. It's like upbeat, you know, montage music. It's like cliche eighties yep. montage. It's beautiful. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you, you feel like he's successfully repressed both his trauma and his understanding of, of, of sex. Yeah. But then a Santa gets brought into the department store, obviously, yeah. and that kind of, you know, flat gives him some memories of, of, of Santa's attack on his parents. But then also, and one of the most fascinating aspects of this, he likes a girl. Hmm. He likes a girl that he works with and he genuinely likes her. Yeah. And he has a dream that he wants to have sex with her because he likes her. Right. And in that dream, Santa fucking stabs the shit out of him for having sex.
2: Yeah. So it's not exactly uh, <laughs> a promising mind that this guy has for the, the healthy attitude towards sex. No, he
1: has immediately associated sex with violence and punishment, uh, even against him himself. And that Santa is the, uh, the sort of, uh, the method. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's the deliverer of justice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Santa is God. <laughs> yeah. He's going to come get you for being naughty. That's right. Uh, and shortly after that, he has uh, the uh, he sees the girl that he's he's into uh, being. Uh, assaulted, or at least very aggressively uh hit on, and eventually assaulted by right. another coworker who is kind of like a dude who's seems like he's
2: like the manager, not yeah. the head, but like the assistant guy.
1: Yeah, and just kind of seems a like dick. He, like yeah, he, he, he know, seems he just,
2: like he sounds anyway. He talks to Billy like he has authority over
1: him, so I just assume. Yeah, and, and, and but he, he could just and, be an and I'm asshole. I'm like, what are you mad about, Billy? Like he clocks in, he picks up boxes. Like we cl- we all saw that montage. You yeah, know?
2: that guy's a hard worker. Yeah.
1: And you, was know, it was and, you know, sometimes he drops boxes, but he learns his lesson, next time, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, he he he, he picks up the, the slack. Exactly. So clearly you just got shit with Billy and that's that's your problem. And now, this
2: is this is after because he hasn't gotten his uh, outfit yet, right? No, Especially, I don't think so. Santa cancels and I believe that's why he has to put on the Santa outfit. Oh
1: right. No, yeah, this this does this that does happen before this. Right, right. Yeah, because because yeah, they they make put him in the Santa So he's c- the become the very like the the judge that he thinks Santa is, you know, he is now
2: the the uh the judge, <laughs> jury and executioner quite literally. Yes. So So he's,
1: he, he takes his role as Santa, the deliberator of punishment very, (laughs) very seriously. And that, that, that all of that psychology kind of comes back and all of a sudden the image of Santa has been infected by all of this by him. But now he is the image of Santa. Right. So now that's been infected by that.
2: And meanwhile, you're in a retail store filled with santa clauses yep. that they constantly use as imagery for this like evil being all of a sudden like when you see a dead body eventually there's always a pan to a animatronic santa <laughs> claus that isn't yeah. even billy it's just santa so your brain just constantly connects death
1: with santa Claus yeah. <laughs> all the time for 80 minutes <laughs> which is not only which i, I will say uh, a great joke. It's awesome. <laughs> and also, uh, it never
2: gets old. I loved seeing it every <laughs> time. <laughs> and,
1: and, and uh, also it's the exact same thing that Bob Clark was trying to do with black Christmas. Cause his, his thing was, he's just like, I wanted to take something uh, festive and something sort of like commercial and associated with happiness. And I wanted to mind the irony of what if that was horrifying. And this does yeah. the exact same thing consistently yeah. all the time. <laughs> And yep. it gets really, really thorny. Because again, this is thorny so far, but it gets even thornier.
2: Yeah, because even the kills get gorier. Everything expands
1: as this film goes on. Well, because on. he sees the girl that he likes at first possibly having sex with another dude. Yeah. Um, and then obviously he already associates sex with uh, naughtiness and punishment. Right. And then he hears her legitimately
2: say, no, I and, don't want And then this. it turns into
1: rape. Yeah. And then he associates that with, well, Santa... Raped, raped my, my mom. mom
2: so fuck this guy yeah, yeah so
1: he uh first of all instant uh two stars minimum as we agreed yes. on the last episode of the show
2: someone was hung with with lights that are christmas yeah. lights
1: so. i i w- honestly yeah. wasn't convinced it was gonna happen but jamie called it jamie I, called i on so the show. happy <laughs> he said someone in one of these two movies yes. <laughs> is gonna die by strangling by christmas lights thank you but- silent night <laughs> deadly night and it happened in this movie so so happy minimum it earned those two stars yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> so minor spoiler there's at least a
1: two star on this film absolutely <laughs> and i'm sure you'll guess it's n- gonna be more than that yeah he strangles the shit out of uh the the managing rapist <laughs> with christmas lights uh, great shot of his feet uh, shaking yeah. and then uh, his neck bleeding from the Christmas lights. And obviously, again, the glow of the Christmas lights lighting up his strangled face, right. which is just a great image. But immediately afterward, he turns to her and he's just like, yeah, you deserve death, too. you had too. sex, too. Because you yeah. had sex. And before. I know that is it's bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he stabs the shit out of her and kills yeah. her as well. So he
2: doesn't exactly have a, a gauge for, you know who he's gonna kill based on what he's just kind of no. like you've been naughty i'm gonna kill you no matter what
1: and and what's brutally ama- it doesn't matter what truly is amazing about watching this film is by the time we got to that scene is that would just be a pure exploitative trash moment yeah but they've built a pretty solid psychological foundation for why he he's feels doing and that. thinks that way right yeah. so it's, it's not it doesn't just, seem cruel for the sake of being cruel. Here, here's, a po- here's a point of comparison because, and not necessarily in a negative way, because we also really enjoyed this movie. Okay. But but Pieces oh, yeah. very cynically sets up not the headspace of the killer, because the killer is kind of a bit of a mystery for that film. Right. And it, it very much is just like, well, his mom did a puzzle thing, and then he chopped his mom up. So therefore, he wants to kill women and make them into a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, sure. I, logically, I guess that tracks sort of. <laughs> yeah. But There's here, a small connection. But here... <laughs> I was pretty psychologically convinced that he was making decisions that made sense to me. <laughs> yeah,
2: me too. At least within the uni- this universe, you know, what I mean like, like I was like, I would I mean I'm not a psychologist, that. I don't fucking know how it actually works, but oh, when yeah. you lay these rules out in a film like this, that worked perfectly. Yeah,
1: no, and I was just like, they actually put solid effort both in the narrative and the filmmaking to make this track yeah and the only place this really gets lost is kind of when we pivot into the second half and he does just kind of go on a murderous rampage some a little of, bit yeah some of the and i mean it is well, just he's punishing people for being naughty which is the really main what established what idea yeah, yeah and it's just like i
2: don't think he kills anyone like well he, he kills innocent people but he doesn't kill innocent people t- to his standards you know no. what i'm saying he doesn't just Choose somebody that he sees and murders them like Michael Myers or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: based on the myth of Santa Claus and based on his uh, very fundamentalist Christian upbringing, he has a pretty uh, low tolerance yeah, for 40. not for naughty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he and he has a pretty sensual making out is enough for this guy to just and, lose his and, mind. And he has a, uh, I'll say, a, a pretty high standard for what it constitutes as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true. <laughs> The murders are far worse (laughs) than a lot of the crimes,
1: I will say. And I I will say that even... Even in this aspect of the film, though, it's incredibly entertaining. But when that's we, what makes it work because yeah. he's
2: such a tormented guy at this point. Like you're not watching Billy anymore. This dude is just a mass murdering Santa Claus. Yeah,
1: because as we get into the second half, we got to track some of these murders because as it pivots yeah. into a slasher, there's some good slasher kills. in the this. The deer one is so gross. Yeah, where he takes the he takes the naked girl who's having sex. So of course, gruesome. she has to die. Yeah. Yep. And he uh, immediately rows her or i guess picks her up yeah and texas chainsaw style and texas chainsaw yeah. meat hooks her on some reindeer on deer antlers uh, yeah antlers damn man and they show
2: it like <laughs> very the, festive it's it's yeah, yeah def- great ornament yeah uh they even show it like they have that insanely disgusting shot of the rib cage and the pokers going through the ribs oh like, yeah it's they they go for it in some of these these gore effects, I gotta say.
1: Oh, absolutely. I well wasn't I mean expecting we, it we gotta to talk about crazy. the best gore effect, mm. the sled kill. Oh, so good. One yeah. of my favorite Amazing. kills we've talked about on the show. Yeah. And um, they
2: even add a little bit of dark humor to it. Like oh, yeah. just to because a lot of the other kills are mostly just kills and yeah. they just feel like murders. This one, the sled one, is legitimately funny. Like, There's a gag. Yeah, There's
1: a physical <laughs> gore gag yeah, to it, right? It's so good. Which is awesome because these kids are riding down the sleds down the hill and they steal the sleds, right? Is what yeah. they do. That's why yeah. they're naughty. That's why they deserve to be punished. Yeah, one of my favorite
2: things, it's it's such a it's not even important, but the two kids that get yeah. the sled stolen from them. Yeah. I love when the kids spacing out and the guy asks him, he's like are you having a religious experience? <laughs> like, it's just the best thing to say to somebody spacing out. But yeah, so then they get their uh, their sleds taken by I assume the older kids at their high school. They yep. kind of seem like yep. teenagers. That's the vibe I got from these these kids. They're, it's very juvenile. Like, like I'm gonna steal your sled, you know? Bitch, what I mean? and then I'm so, gonna have
1: fun with the yeah. uh, with the sled. <laughs> yeah, then I'm gonna go
2: sledding with it. Like, it's just, it's like okay, 15 year old kid.
1: It's very so cool. That's cool. yeah, so
2: <laughs> badass. Oh, man. Yeah, and the kids
1: are sledding and down the hill. And was it worth hill. it?
2: Was it worth it?
1: <laughs> yeah, not really, because while the kids are sledding down the hill, the, the first kid goes down, and he's like, woo, fun. Killing <laughs> it. And the second kid goes down the hill. Uh, Billy, dressed as Santa, pops out, out, out from behind the, tr- behind the tree, has an axe, and slices <laughs> the dude's head clean off. And now we don't see the head come off, but what we see is a cut shot to the body, the headless body, corpse
2: it, on the sled on
1: the sled sitting in the same position sledding its way down to his friend where his friend's like yeah yeah come on man, <laughs> Do it, man. sledding is so cool and then he's like oh shit that uh, that's a headless body that's a headless body and then two seconds later the, <laughs> the head, head rolls, rolls, down. rolls down the hill. <laughs> and like it sounds cruel maybe from while we're talking about it
2: but it is hilarious yeah <laughs> it's fantastic it's pretty gruesome and I love and how it's pretty he yells punish before each kill like he, he becomes like a santa claus murdering robot that yep. just has like two phrases it's basically naughty and punish punish <laughs> it's so punish,
0: funny. punish.
2: <laughs> and uh I, you know what this was actually a genuinely uh, scary moment in a way for me it's so uh, it's one of the only like real kind of terrifying moments and it's mostly just because it's how i think about it it's that sequence where he kills the babysitters um, and then the, the little girl is like, Santa, is that you? Or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're about to murder a child? And then uh, he instead is really nice to her by giving her a bloody exacto knife as a Christmas present because oh, yeah. she's been a good girl. She hasn't been naughty. So he gives her a weapon as yeah. a present. <laughs> and then he just walks off. And and she's just left with that memory of Santa Claus, and she's and then it's hilarious because the girl, as he leaves the house, you hear her go, Chelsea, as yeah. if as if it's like the, the babysitter, babysitter name, yeah. and she just and then that's it. So you know that this girl, her 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 only memory when she's like, twenty, is gonna be like this. Santa, look back Santa like,
1: gave me a bloody knife Santa and killed gave my me babysitter a knife
2: and killed my babysitter. Like, it's just like, we've just created
1: things. another, right. Uh, it's just like
2: nonstop. It's, it's
1: another Billy is coming. I basically. thought it was
2: actually pretty scary in a way. Uh, it's yeah,
1: No, me too. Well, cause especially cause he's like, She's like, "Did you bring me a present?" Right. And and he's like, uh, oh, "Yeah, this
2: bloody nur- he's murder like,
1: weapon. Have you been good?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> you haven't been naughty. And he asked her like three
2: times. It's not like Yeah. He doesn't just believe her. It all looks yeah. like he has got really, to push her a little. She really know? needs
1: to make her case. Yeah. <laughs> uh and yeah, well that's just it is that some of these kills are 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 funny but again yeah. the psychological case they make for why this gruesomeness of, is, is happening because again the joke is that all of this is santa claus which is just an yeah. inherently funny idea but the actual case that the movie makes is pretty gruesome and a little scary yeah um, absolutely uh, especially when all of a sudden santa's on a murder spree now all the yeah. cops are it's g- gone getting radio really is like, not a, a thing anymore being like <laughs> Yeah, uh, fucking Santa's killing
2: people. (laughs) people. (laughs) Shoot on sight. That's literally what they say. And boy, do they ever.
1: Yeah, because we get one of my favorite seats. (laughs) Yeah, unbelievable. Uh... It, that completely taken out of context would just blow people's minds. And yep. I, even if you don't end up watching this movie, I, which I still would recommend watching the whole movie, please Absolutely watch this scene. It. I posted it on Twitter. Yeah. Watch this scene. Out of context, it might be even more hilarious. I it, mean. it is almost more hilarious <laughs> yeah. out of context uh, because you're watching Santa approach The orphanage, because they're driving to the orphanage being like, Billy's obviously going to come and probably exact vengeance on the orphanage and the nuns, right? Um, especially Mother Suspiria or uh, Mother Suspiria. I'm thinking (laughs) of fucking Suspiria. She's Mother Suspiria. She's a witch also this whole time. (laughs) She's Mother Superior is (laughs) what she is. She's the head mother or whatever. And uh, there's a guy dressed as Santa approaching the orphanage being like, Hi, kids, because it's fucking Christmas. So, of course, there's Santa right. Clauses all and around. The,
2: I think a, a really smart part of this, though, is that even now you kind of know that it, it probably might not be Billy or whatever. Yeah. But. They, set they don't up. show you that they don't, it isn't yeah, they don't show the guy like pulling up to the car, like in a car or anything. They just show him walking into the courtyard. So you've already established from, that from, from a wide Santa, shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've already established that Santa is meaning business right now. Yeah. So all you see is a wide shot of Santa. You're thinking that could be the killer. Mm-hmm. And then the movie, you know, tricks you into that. And then the cop is also tricked and assumes a little too early, really jumps the gun quite <laughs> literally. And, uh, Kills Santa in front of like 15 orphans. Well, yeah, and, and the way that it's
1: edited is like unbearable because he's like, oh my God, he's getting out of the car. He's like, don't, don't touch him. And the little kids, the little look on their faces where they're like, oh my God, it's Santa. Huge Santa, smiles. I want to shake your hand. And Santa's coming out being like, yeah, let's shake hands. Yeah. Uh, and the cop guns him in the back yeah, like three times. times. Yeah. And the most genius touch is the blood sprays onto the kid's face <laughs> yeah. and onto his, like, his, his snow coat and onto his scarf and just the shot of this completely shocked kid covered in oh, Santa's man. blood.
2: <laughs> Fucking awesome. It's so metal. An oh. amazing
1: image of this poor little orphan covered in Santa's blood and yeah. this close-up of Santa's corpse. How do you
2: people not like this movie? <laughs>
1: I don't like get it's, it. It's unbelievable. I honestly don't get it. I want to hear people's case against this because, like, other than the fact. If it's
2: any. if it's, I guarantee most of
1: it's just like, it's just stupid Pe- or yeah, something. Yeah, people think it's bad, maybe. But yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I think it's doing all of this intentionally. Me too. And doing it 100%. very well. Yes,
2: 100%. You know,
1: maybe it could have been more visually compelling and better made if sure. it maybe if it had a better budget.
2: But they but, even but, try but, with the budget. There's some it, great shots in here. Mm-hmm. Like the one where the cop finally, like, I think Santa knocks that cop into the down the stairs in the cellar yeah yeah. and then they do that really cool zoom into the stairs like Mm -hmm. it shows santa on the side looking down and it's just smooth i think it's on like a steady cam or a track or what are they called a trolley is that what it's called
1: something like that where it's
2: like on a track well it's very steady oh dolly, dolly. dolly that's what i'm looking for and it's very steady and then, like, kind of angles down to show the body and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's there's some, you know, some good filmmaking. Well, yeah, in and, here and sure.
1: I mean, the the psychological editing of a lot of yeah. the experiences like, that he's like having. Like the Santa so, Claus like- s- splicing, like, where it's, like, a murdered body
2: and then an animatronic Santa. And then yeah. like you're, you just constantly have Santa and death. It's just...
1: Yeah, and and the way that he's merging also sex and death and the way that he's merging, like, uh, sex and naughtiness and punishment and violence all into this giant sphere of, like, just confusion and impulse. And just
2: even added things with the religious aspect because then later you find out that the guy that was dressed up as that Santa was a priest.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So
2: not only did you kill Santa, you killed a man of God.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yep
2: just like good lord
1: yeah and day then for and these then, kids uh eventually he makes his way into the actual orphanage where he confronts uh mother, the 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 mother Suspiria, uh, mm-hmm. superior uh superior superior oh my we God. love that movie Fucking, <laughs> that's yeah, what it is <laughs> jesus <laughs> uh and he is viciously gunned down in front of a bunch of orphans yeah Twice, <laughs> yep. Well, Santa twice, you know. Uh, Obviously, and then do the do. big implication is that one of those orphans just watched Santa gun down, and is probably going to become another Billy naughty <laughs> Well, that one kid, he yeah. does.
2: He like sets him up. He just looks at him blank, scared, and goes. Well, because he's, he's Billy's younger brother, right? Is the thing? Oh, or something like right. That? I forgot about that. something like that. Or is is that is that set up in this first one? Because I know they set that up in the sequel. Oh,
1: maybe But I yeah. didn't know if they. Because I know you watched the sequel. I did watch so the maybe, sequel. I don't know. Oh it, my god, it's completely. Terrible. That's what I I heard. It's fifty uh, it wasn't minutes. was even a two
2: for you though. Like it no. was. It, so it's not no. entertaining. Is that what I, it is? I wanted I wanted it to be. That's the one that goes like garbage day or yeah. whatever, right? I, is that I honestly, the only part that's good? Yes. Oh, that's disappointing. There's. And, I hate that. And and. and yeah, Because then you're like waiting for an hour and a half movie of shit you know is bad, but you're waiting for like the one genuinely funny, stupid yeah, moment. Yeah, you, you
1: wait like an hour 15 for that moment. Ugh, and That sucks. It, and the first 45 to 50 minutes is just this really bad actor recounting the events of the first movie. And I heard they even use a lot of archi- archival footage. Yeah, and no, stuff. it it's just footage from the first movie. Like, Jesus. like, like I'd say eighty five percent of the first half of the movie is just footage from the first movie. Is it
2: just like recapping the end? No, basically? it's it's
1: recapping the whole movie. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, you're a sequel, right?
2: There's already been an established film. Uh, oh yeah. my
1: god, that's insane. Yeah, and then when they and then finally <laughs> when I they it was a so bad, it's good. That no, sucks. finally when they get past that stuff. And they get to the stuff. I was like, oh, God, finally, we're getting into this is going to be fun. And there's maybe two or three moments of so bad it's good. Ugh, and they la- they last about 30 seconds and they're mostly because the guy is just giving an all-timer terrible performance so that's funny to watch and like yeah but that's just kind of that's just kind of it like it's not it's not f- and it's bad not, in that fun like it, it's almost and i don't want
2: to compare it's, like say someone like nick cage because i don't think he's bad he does but he does a lot of off the wall things that you might not understand so yeah. it could be funny and it's not like that no, at all no it's not oh, okay
1: like it's it, it's I, so I, I love nick cage i, I wanted it to be that. this man. And I couldn't do it. I had to won that movie. Like it was, it's actually yeah. one of the only times the I've ever Ford and then won the sequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For real. Like usually it drops like a star or two or right. something, but yeah. like I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. It I was like, I was shocked
2: when, when, like when I saw the one, cause I was just expecting the two, I was yeah. expecting a, some fun in there and just to enjoy yourself, whatever. But a one sucks. Cause now, you know, like, the majority of it, yeah. Just no,
1: I I, I, I saw our patron Steve Carlson's review of that, and I had to completely agree with him. Is that it? Oh, he he gave it the one. As he well. He, he was like, "What was it? Like even the stuff that people find so bad it's good about it isn't yeah. even that fun." And right. it's just it's it's especially bizarre. compared Did, to you know the other so bad it's good stuff you have out there. It, it was it was actually. A f- the the garbage day thing and some of the other things that maybe have been clipped about that movie yeah. are just actually funnier when you don't know the context. Knowing the context oh. made them less funny. Oh, wow. It's really bizarre. That is bizarre.
2: Yeah. Because you'd think like with context, <laughs> the garbage day would actually be a pretty genuinely funny thing. But I guess it's just a better meme. That's a bummer. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, sometimes these things are fucking, just meant to be memed and fucking, nothing more. <laughs> annoying.
1: The only other Santa horror movie that I, I watched in prep for this was uh, like Better Watch Out or I guess known as like Christmas Evil or something like that. Oh, okay. Which is a little, not quite as slasher and fun as, as psychologically engaging as this. Uh-huh. But it does have a bit uh, where it tries to, it does try to do like a taxi driver kind of thing. Oh, okay. Where the guy... Legitimately, not just Billy, is he upset about Santa Claus or has been psychologically uh, hurt by Santa Claus. He's actually starts to just think of himself as Santa Claus. Oh, Uh, that's interesting. And it even has like the mirror scene where he's just like, he's got the beard and he's like, you want him to be like, you talking to me? Like, like, yeah.
2: Yeah. But he's like, ho, ho, ho.
1: But it also has that sexual aspect to it because he's really heartbroken because he saw Santa Claus and his experience with seeing Santa Claus was his dad dressed up as Santa Claus eating out his mom. (laughs) More positive than <laughs> Santa raping your mom, I guess. Yep, and that's that's just what really fucked him up. But I will say, Christmas Evil has an amazing ending, which bumped it up a whole star oh, for nice. me. Oh, nice.
2: went from the two to the three.
1: Yeah, where, where he goes on a bit of a Christmas murder spree as well, where he's upset because he works at, like, a toy factory. And, okay. like, the boss is like, we should give away all these toys to the kids, but, like not on my dime. Like you uh, should work more hours and put your own money into it. So I can
2: be the good guy. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and the toys are all garbage and all of this. Yeah. And like, it's possibly that possible that they're like hurting kids and stuff. And he, yeah. So he actually on a genuine kind of revenge mission against Santa and the commercial, the literal yeah. commercial aspect of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and this part though, where the the town's coming after him with torches and pitchforks as like the Santa murderer, yeah. and he gets in this this uh, uh, van, this Christmas van, and it has the uh, reindeer uh, and sled on the side of the van, mm-hmm. and the tor- the the mob forces him off a bridge where he drives off of the bridge, and the last shot of the movie is this magical shot. Where he's just flying, and it looks like he's Santa (laughs) in a van with the sled. (laughs) Dude, that's genius! And he and I haven't even
2: seen it, and I can like visualize. And you and the van,
1: you don't see the van go down. He just goes up, and it looks like he's going up into the moon, and that's all you see. (laughs) He finally, he literally transcends into Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, my God. That's gorgeous. Amazing. That's beautiful shit right there. Yep. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. I'm going to shout
2: out to that film then because yeah. I got to check that So if that you guys want to check What's that one out, that's, that
1: one's called Christmas Evil or also known, I think, as Better Watch Out or something like that. Okay. It's from 1980, that's I think. That's pretty good. So it actually predates Silent Night. That's Deadly pretty good. I Night, got gotta pretty say. Good. I
2: don't know if it quite beats the killing Santa Claus in front of orphans twice, but it's it's no, it's almost there. One thing
1: I'll say about that is that one's a little <laughs> bit more dull for longer uh, okay. because it takes a really long time for him to convert into Santa Claus and his murder spree uh, and his his psychological transition into Santa Claus isn't as convincing as this film. Yeah. And the actual slasher elements are much more impressive in this film than in that film. It's okay. really just a really awesome ending. ending. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of like that Halloween, whatever, Halloween 4 or 5 or whatever I watched with the little girl. Right. Where like the last 10 minutes of that movie.
2: Oh, when when the guy's going to kill the girl because he's convinced that she's Michael. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And
1: the whole scene with Michael on top of the car. Like it's an action movie. Yeah. Like Arnold's on top of a vehicle or something. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Anyway, big digression there. We should enter the <laughs> reductive rating round on Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, for Good. me, this is a really high four. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know oh, actually yeah. why that uh, seems like a big deal. Maybe just because everyone else I kind of see on here kind of seems to be giving. It- I
2: was expecting to give it a three. Yeah. Myself. I, I'm also giving it a four. But it's like... Uh- yeah, it was just I thought I was gonna ironically enjoy it. No. And I just thoroughly enjoy this film. Yeah,
1: and, and I unlike uh I mean, maybe not unlike Black Christmas, because again, I don't know what I would cut from that, but this yeah. moves. I can't think yeah, of a single yeah. wasted piece of time in this movie that isn't establishing his really fucked up psychology and how it was ingrained into him and how um, both sexualized and violent and related to the image of Santa Claus and the the idea of, um, you know, I guess sort of like moral punishment as it relates to also both sex and violence. Again, yeah. all of this combines in a way that is actually decently written. Yeah. And... Decently captured and executed by the film. So yeah. the only thing that is maybe not super stellar in this movie and didn't hurt the movie for me is maybe the acting.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's it's not it's, terrible.
1: It's completely serviceable. It's Just mediocre. It's yeah. fine.
2: It's just it's it's some dudes doing an okay job. <laughs> it, it works for the film. Yeah. Oh, so. it definitely works for the film. I think honestly. That might add to it. some of it's kind of funny that way. Like that—that's
1: a completely anonymous cop gunning down Santa Claus—is just amazing to watch. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So Um, yeah, four
1: for me and four for you.
2: Four for me too. Yeah, Yeah. I just I can't believe how entertained I was. There's not there's not a dull moment in this film. I think like I can't think of one scene like you said to that I would cut out or anything like that. There's no filler. Even that montage where it's like the happy go lucky retail montage, I feel is necessary because that's it shows, supposed to
1: be the bit of normalcy that he right, could have. Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so it's like Billy's normal right now. Yeah. And it, and it established that really well. And then it just digresses to a fucking crazy murder spree with Santa. And it's just awesome. It's, it's awesome. It, it was a very surprising film. I couldn't believe how much I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm going to give it a 14. Yeah, I,
1: need, I need to say, I think Santa and murder just work well together. And I think, we, <laughs> yeah. I think we just need more of that. You know, we need I think more we of that. Need another there. one. <laughs> Either way. I actually really loved both of these films, and I was shocked by that. But I guess I guess that'll be it for this week's episode guys we kind of went long on both of those longer than i expected on yeah. both but it was weird like i really liked them like uh black christmas i expected to be really good but silent night deadly night was honestly much that meatier. was kind of a wild card it was much meatier than i expected yeah so oh, yeah. i don't know maybe maybe we're the crazy ones because clearly we <laughs> we feel this way and a lot of people don't, don't but like yes but everyone's reaction to this movie had me prepared to be like this is gonna be like bad trash but fun like yeah. I, like i expected kind of like uh like maybe raw deal or like lower than raw yeah. deal kind of deal. Like maybe it would just be a cool gimmick and that would a slasher with a cool gimmick kind of like and death
2: wish or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just a slasher with a gimmick. Yeah. And like, that's what I expected. Exactly. And instead I got something that was actually had interesting, uh, uh, psychology and elements yeah. about Christmas as, as a Christian holiday um yeah those comparisons for god and santa were just fantastic in
2: silent night i loved that yeah and
1: i mean they 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 sound juvenile when you say them but they work in the universe of the movie like it's just i don't know it's kind of hard to describe i would just recommend watching this movie and letting us know what you think. watch both of these Uh, yes we're gonna full out recommend this one uh for both of us uh but that'll wrap it up for this week's show thanks so much for listening guys as always uh, something, something, what do I say at this part? Uh, okay. <laughs> can we say the movies
2: yet that we're doing?
1: Oh yeah. Shit. I gotta, I gotta do something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, do we have, we know the next two. I know that. Yeah. Uh, the next episode, uh, next week, uh, patrons, you can expect, uh, an exclusive episode for you guys. The very last episode of 2018, yeah. uh, one Easy. more left before new year's, um, and we're going to kick, uh, we're going to do kill, uh, fuck it, what is it? Kill one, two birds, one stone, something <laughs> like that, you know? Or we could do uh, a... What, my what my brain was ruined by that? Santa Claus and death and yeah. sex What right did PETA
2: tell us to use a yeah. few days ago? They uh, changed it, our. Oh,
1: did they? Oh, it was a... One
2: leaf? Feed, feed
1: <laughs> two birds with one scone. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lame. <laughs> what the fuck, PETA? Either way, I guess that's what I'm doing here. Uh, so before the end of the year, we realized, one... We hadn't done the 1940s yet. We've yeah. done 1930s to the 2000s. We've done every decade between there except for the 1940s. Yeah. So, bam, we're going to the 1940s. One. Number 2 or 2. We haven't done noir. Yes, Somehow and I know we went, that's
2: like one of your favorites.
1: So Well, I mean, I think a lot of modern crime stuff that people love today is, like, kind of, like, neo-noir to, which is, like, noir in a modern setting. Definitely. Or was at least inspired by noir. And a lot of my favorite movies are, like, detective crime, stuff like that. Especially
2: that that thought of, like, the the gritty detective that's good on the inside but has this rough around the edges like, demeanor. It's like the,
1: fuck, every, every TV show is about the antihero right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And like these noir dudes were like the original R- antiheroes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna do noir and we're gonna go to the 40s and we're gonna tackle two uh, uh, very famous noir films. Normally mm-hmm. we would pick maybe one smaller one but since this is our first go and Jamie's first time watching noirs, I felt yeah. that he should watch two of the big ones and see get really introduced to the genre. So if you guys want to watch along with us, those films are going to be The Maltese Falcon, 1941, what is um, generally recognized as possibly the first noir film. And then we're going to be talking about Double Indemnity uh, by uh, Billy Wilder, um, considered one of the best Hollywood screenwriters, and also Raymond Chandler, who would go on to write some of the um, biggest uh, and best um, noir slash detective novels, including the really famous character, Philip Marlowe, who, okay. um, uh, f- was famously in the big sleep, uh, the long goodbye, which okay. inspired things like *Inherent and vice. And so yeah. like in both of these movies, we have a long history of the people who would go on to define noir and defined a lot of crime and detective fiction for the next, uh, I guess 70 years so far, <laughs> yeah, 80 years. We're, we're, we're getting pretty <laughs> far. Crazy. So that'll be our last episode of the year. And because of that, two weeks from now, the free episode, the big episode for everyone, since Certain we get off. a lot of questions from a lot of people asking about uh, what do Jamie and I think of uh, the, the the newest, newest releases, because a lot of people will see our ratings on Letterboxd, but they don't know our thoughts. Yeah. They want to know our thoughts, Jamie. Yeah, they want to give it to them. So... <laughs> We thought as a little treat for you guys, and uh, none, uh, and just to say up front, none of these films are going to go in our, our, our list of yeah. the overall list because these all, are 21st century. Yes, films. these are not. We, we make a couple exceptions for films that are very inspired by exploitation yeah. films and stuff like that. And even like usually those
2: are like early 2000s at the most. Exactly. So, we're yeah. we're
1: not going to be doing a lot of content from the 2010s. Need to say 2018 films are not going to count on our ongoing ranked. Yes. Uh, list. But we are going to count down for you the, uh, or our top 10 genre movies of 2018. Yeah. Jamie and I, I think we haven't fully worked out how we're going to do this yet, but yeah. I think we might. I still be, need to
2: look at the list and well, make I, mine. I think what I might official. do is
1: try and have us do a joint list. Yeah. Where you make your top 10, I make my top 10, and then from there we collaborate on an overall top 10, maybe yeah. based on like placement height. So yeah. like my number one get, gets, like rank them in the way that you want of importance basically. And we'll yeah. work that out either way. That's the nitty gritty. We'll figure that out yeah, we'll in time for the show. But Jamie and I are going to talk about our favorite genre movies of 2018 horror. which would be cool. Action. I, I think, I think we're going to come up with a couple rules where we might eliminate certain blockbusters and we might eliminate yeah. certain other kinds of films. We're going to try s- and, but
2: to be honest, it's like the blockbusters probably weren't going to make it onto the, No, the only one I anyway. can think <laughs> of would be like
1: mission impossible. Maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe, but yeah. like, and we did talk about Mission Impossible on the show, but like that's that's no longer like the little action movie that could. Th- yeah, this, exactly. is, this is like yeah. one of the biggest franchises in the world now. Yeah. So it's not it, you know, it's not quite trash. It's not quite that level mm. uh, anymore. It's very slick now. Um, either way, that's what you can expect in two weeks times. Our countdown of the top 10 genre movies of 2018 uh, to wrap up that year. Um, yeah. So stick around. Uh, and, uh, as always guys, uh, thanks for listening and keep it sleazy, keep it sleazy.